a Puerto Rican podcast for Puerto Ricans and anyone interested in the issues happening in Puerto Rico. This week is special. This week we talked to Alba, who is a Puerto Rican director that has created a short film for children. And it captures specifically a little bit of our indigenous roots. Uh, this week is um, is a year, you know, it's it's been a year after Maria, and it was important for me to share the voices of people who have lost someone, people who have been really searching for ways to help um, after the hurricane. So I think Alba, in the year after Maria, was really trying to figure out a way of how how can we raise the issues of Puerto Rico? And so she wanted to do it. I think this is more my perspective. She wanted to do it by showing the people who were the first, who were the first indigenous people that were colonized in Puerto Rico, who were the first to experience colonization. And so even though the Tainos were in large part, um, you know, murdered, raped, uh, it is an important piece to understand that background, to understand where we come from, to understand, understand that that's a part of us, um, and to also embrace and um, speak up about our African roots as well, because I know that that's an issue um, that, that should be discussed and, and will be discussed in a future episode with, with people from the island um, who are Afro-Boricuas. So this is only a piece, this is just one, one you know, part of who we are, but I think it's important as we move forward to, to start to take back um, some of this history where people have tried to mold us and um, craft a certain message of who we are or what we should be, but really we should be defining ourselves. And so with the Taino information that is out there, there's still a lot to learn. So I'm not a, I'm not a journalist and I don't I don't know if that's been clear to anybody before, but I, I should absolutely say that I'm not a journalist. Um, I am not a researcher or an academic in this particular subject. So with this podcast, I'm simply bringing people on and sharing their stories and sharing their perspectives. But I always encourage people to reach out to me with information to help me learn, to help others learn. I'm always happy to share information with others on the podcast. But I want that to be clear that I'm I'm here to listen. I'm, I'm here to learn um, this journey of my mine is just beginning and uh, I, I hope you know I hope as you join me you are um, you understand that and you you share with me because you know the last thing I want to do is to you know hurt anyone or, or make anyone feel uncomfortable if there's something that I, I should add to this podcast I absolutely want to know about it so so please listen in to this interview and and you know let me know what you think um, share your stories and 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 share this particular interview um, there's so much um, still to learn about the indigenous people of the area and what their history was and what what happened afterward um, but I think that the first step is to just acknowledge that you know there were people that were invaded and 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 killed um, and that colonization uh, still continues to uh, to hurt the people of Puerto Rico. So what can we do to help decolonize Puerto Rico today? Um, but what can we do by looking back and sharing these stories with our children, letting them know what really happened back then, um, understanding it all in the context of what's been happening with Hurricane Maria and what has been happening to the people on the island. I'll, I'll end on a, on a note, a personal note. I was speaking to my mother the other day and she sounded really down, so I, you know, I try to find ways to, to um, jolt her out of that or to help her out of that. Uh, but each of us should should do whatever we can to help our families. Don't forget to call your families in Puerto Rico or in the diaspora. Um, support each other. Uh, sol solidarity, I think, is the most important 
important thing in this in this time. Division is 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 never good um, in my mind, unless it is to speak up against something that is truly an injustice. Um, so we should we should you know definitely work on creating these stronger bonds in my view, and I hope we can do that. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to reach out to as many people as I can and learn. The second personal thing is that uh, just the other day, my mom also sent me a text message saying that aquí, aquí el silencio es peor que en un cementerio. Here the silence is worse than a cemetery. And it really spoke to me because it, you know, it's clear that many communities are experiencing a lot of um, loss in, in terms of both deaths and people having to leave. And so that was really poignant point of view that the island being quiet, you know, that was um, that was difficult to hear. Uh, and I, I want to share that because I think it's important for for people who aren't Puerto Rican, who don't know this, uh, to know that that the Puerto Rican people are going through a very difficult time and experiencing a lot of this as a result of being colonized subjects of the United States. And we got to start calling that because that's what it is. So what can we do to help the Puerto Rican people, the Puerto Rican nation? How can we reclaim our identity, our culture, our land, um, our country? So let's get started. Um, Alba Garcia, I wanted to first thank you for allowing me to come to your home, to your studio, to be able to talk to you about your work. So I'm, I'm honored to be here and I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story and your voice. Um, first of all, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you were born in Puerto Rico and everything else. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's, it's good that uh, people know that there are artists out there that are working very hard in get, in having in being the voice of our uh, country of our nation. Um, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. In the I was born in Santurce, but my family is all over the island. Uh, my grandma from Cibuco, uh, Corozal. My family from my father is from Lares, Adjuntas, Cerro Guilarte. So. So my father, uh, every weekend, I used to spend time with my grandmother in the mountains. And I saw how she grew the conuco. She has this uh, sugar cane in the backyard. And oh, wow. she have the iguera uh, uh, plant tree. And she made it, uh, these bowls out of that. It's kind of like a gourd. Gourd? Yeah. Gourd? yeah. Um, she have also plantain. Uh, finca mm. and also this cotton the, the tree that makes the cotton you know I don't know how it, oh, it's, yeah, it's like yeah. a little cascarón and you see the cotton inside oh. so she used to tell me a lot of things about how to if I cut myself for example the mm -hmm. the Taino Indians that's what they did they pee in the soil they move the soil with the thing and they put it in the in the place in the in the place where the wound was or the scratch was it was mm. the way they live their life and that was what it was being passed on to us and uh, my mother I asked her mom what do you remember from when you were little and they used to have a duho which is mm. that kind of Taino in it, it, that Taino it's share like ceremonial share okay only the caciques who have that in my it's family like cacique, the, chief? the chief of oh. the Taino community okay mm. And it, it was a matrilineal pass on. So if the cacique has a son or a daughter, those children are not gonna be the cacique. The cacique's sister, children, 
will inherit that. And my family had one of those. So it was passed on by the matrilineal. That duho was probably lost in, in, the, in, the, in the history of the family. Mm-hmm. But my mother was very small when she, she said, I don't know, I remember a little curious little share. We have a big, it had a big um, fa- a face and it's just similar to that and it have legs. And so that started my research on making the film Dacto Cataino, which means mm. I am Taino. Why we, I said Dacto Cataino is a fra- phrase. That phrase came because there's, um, there are people in the island that are trying to restore anthropologists and linguistics, mm-hmm. uh, professionals that are trying to piece out and restore the Taino language. Mm. And it's been taught at certain schools called the Nahuaque schools in Puerto Rico. There are about 20 charter schools now because of the new laws in Puerto Rico, they have to turn into charter schools. Uh, That's another story, but (laughs) but the the thing is, yeah, my family from both sides are Taino Indians, all my grandmothers. Mm and they were mixed with Spanish because my grandmother married, not didn't marry because they couldn't marry, because they were mixed race, so they couldn't marry. Wow. So my grandfather was Spanish from Spain, the Canary Islands, and then my grandmother was Taino. And my father's mother is Taino and her husband, Spaniard. And from my father's line, my grandmother's parents both were Taino and that's an interesting thing that you're saying because again and there's that narrative that maybe the Taino Indians were and you're saying that's what they want people to understand (laughs) no no Uh, a couple of years back they did a DNA testing around the island I think it was about 3,000 people I'm not sure they found out that uh, they have 61% matrilineal was Taino Matril for the line of the mother in the DNA, there was 60% of because remember the Taino, the, the way system, the system that the Spanish had of uh, killing the Tainos was they will kill the men and rape the woman. Mm. So basically, it, the, the mixture started there. Yeah, wow. So wow. We only carry it through the matrilinear society because they st- they kill the men, mm. and then of course we we mix with the with the African, we mix with with the Spanish, wow. and that's why we have that that beautiful mix. Even yeah. though it's a sad mix, the way it happened. What happened, right? But it's our heritage. That's what we mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. We were talking earlier. How did this this project even start? Like. Tell people a little bit about where it all began. I think it, it, it looks like if I, I cannot make this up. Right. I cannot make this up because the way it happened, it kind of happened. It has to happen that way. Mm-hmm. It was very, it was magical. It was, it, it was mm-hmm. very, it, there's an honor. I am honored that it happened the way it happened. Yeah. Well, I... I, I knew uh, this person that she happens to be the daughter of Jane Henson and Jim Henson, the creators of the Muppets later on in life. 
Jane Hansen, the, 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 her mother, was also a creator of puppets. And uh, she, she and Jim collaborated all the time. We usually hear Jim Hansen, but no, there was a female component. The Jane Hansen was also a co-creator, co-writer, co-everything. Of course, you know, she was a mom too, so she has the children that she had to, to educate as well. So there was, it was a beautiful partnership between the two. So we all know all the films that Jim created and the Jim and Jane were very open to diversity and to different points of view and he they respected everyone and their beliefs and I happened to to meet her she was introduced by a friend of mine Kurt Thatcher which he he writes a lot a, a lot of Muppet movies and I, I met him before and then there was a point that he came to New York and he introduced me to Heather and a year passed we meet again and you know we became friends and she asked me why uh, would you be interested in making a film for about Taino culture and at that moment I remember saying I don't think I can because I'm in the middle of a stop-motion animation mm. I cannot commit to something like that and she asked me a couple of times and I didn't know what to say I was yeah. thinking hard but I it was an honor that she asked me but I, I, I basically you know I, I have I am a, a woman of my word and right. I have to finish right. this film yeah so I didn't I didn't go through it. I I said I'm gonna think about it. Yeah. But I didn't say yes. Then I went to uh, to see my family, and it was before Irma came to Puerto Rico, the Hurricane Irma. And I left I left the the island three hours before Irma actually um, came to Puerto Rico, and it didn't do a lot of da as much damage as the next hurricane, which uh, Maria. So Maria was the worst that Puerto Rico had yeah, ever seen. For, and then um, and the uh, response. The response. Yeah. I, um, it's well documented. I don't have to go into details. Yeah. But basically, our Puerto Rican Americans, U.S. citizens, felt abandoned mm -hmm. by the people that they thought that will protect us and help us and defend us in moments like this. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, the contract was our people will be good soldiers mm. for a cause, your cause, and then all of a sudden, mm. the reciprocation will be you're going to help our people. Yeah, especially in natural disasters, not like they invite, you know, it's, it's not like something that they could control. and. Yep. We have FEMA, we have all these agencies, we have the military in place, right? How did your family feel about... We are American citizens. Yeah. And they are American citizens, and they expect the same response that we did for Texas and, and for Florida yeah. and for... But again, uh, I guess Maria opened the yeah. Pandora box in yeah. our situations as... American citizens that happen to live in Puerto Rico. Mm. So that opened the eyes of many Boricuas mm. that 
this you know they have this they have this ideal oh they're gonna be there for us mm. and then all of a sudden they are not yeah. and then the diaspora people like me yeah. in, in New mm. York in all over the globe yeah. <laughs> they started giving and looking and, and showing all over uh, the, the Facebook and the social media what was happening why they couldn't uh, reach their families mm-hmm. uh, how can we help and the outpouring of help all over the world of the Puerto Ricans that are in New Zealand, in Germany, in England, the United yes. States, South America, they all help. But mm. now that we are far forward, far forwarding now that mm. Heather yeah. <clears throat> Henson gave me the opportunity to sh- to talk to to for me to use my voice. Mm into creating um, a puppet film that explains our situation to showcase maybe at the United Nations mm. so people know our history, what happened in 1898, what happened in 1917, mm. that our children know those dates, yeah. know what happened to our Puerto Rican mm-hmm. community. That's the purpose of the film, to create awareness mm. So the next generation, the millennials and the new generation that is going on now, the 10 year olds, mm-hmm. to know our history and to try to move forward as a, as a nation. Yeah. How can we do that? We need to uh, unite, mm-hmm. talk, and peacefully, and how do you call it? Well, peacefully trying to reach a, uh, as a, an agreement so our our communities can grow mm-hmm. our children can have the same opportunities as everybody else right and Absolutely. that we can trade with the rest of the world right all the countries yeah that we can live in peace with everyone but remaining sovereign yeah, yeah. that we can we can actually create the laws for mm-hmm. our people because our situation in Puerto Rico with our people and our, our agriculture is not the same thing that is going to happen in Germany right. it's not the same thing that is going to happen in Egypt mm-hmm. so we have this uniqueness mm-hmm. and our land is very fertile we can we can have our own, our own coffee industry and go back to the industry that we had because Mm -hmm. our land is fertile our people is hard-working people we are brilliant talented people yeah absolutely and we have a a lot of people who were very educated Mm -hmm. and we need to to believe who we are Mm -hmm. because we already are yeah and educate the next generation so they can carry out the same legacy, but yeah. until we unite mm. and with common sense, make the laws to help the land, to help our people yeah. to prosper, until then, we, we, right. what we, are we gonna do? Exactly, we have to learn from what has happened and change it. And you said a couple of very interesting things there. You talked about history and understanding your history. You also talked about the younger generation needing to learn their history. I think those are two important pieces. And I think you capture that really well in the film. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the, the types of 
things that you decided to put into the film to highlight? Can you talk about what you decided was important for, for people to know about? The film started because um, Heather asked me, can you write a film about the Taino culture? But then Taino culture, hmm. I have to do a research on that. I have to call my family and talk and, and interview. Yes. A lot of people have to talk to anthropologists. I have yes. to talk to people in historians, read books about all of that. And then I have to research the, story, the history of Puerto Rico as well. Because without that, that's a big piece. Yeah. There are so many pieces. And I'm, so I'm like every other person that, was, that didn't know our history. And I'm, I'm, I am discovering it. Mm. So the film had this discovering <clears throat> component to it. Yeah. Because grandma is, is an, uh, in her house. House was half destroyed by Maria, so you can see the blue tarp on top. And then you can hear the radio, because again, they don't have electricity, they have radio with batteries. So everything invites the audience to feel how will you be living in Puerto Rico. And yes, mm. it's puppets, but the whole story is grandma is home after the hurricane, and then granddaughter comes in to, with food. Because hey, here there's no electricity. Her mother is cooking for the whole Mm, uh, barrio yeah. so mm. she comes with food and this is a traditional thing we never leave our grandmothers without mm-hmm. <laughs> having something to eat sí. so we that's what part of the things that we did in Puerto Rico my my mother-in-law did that she my cooked. mom did the same thing she's like I can't leave Puerto Rico and go to Florida after the hurricane I have to be here yes. to feed my mom yes yes yeah. it's a sense of community yeah. and my mother-in-law cook every day until now for 13 people, wow. 13 people every day. Mm-hmm. And it was only one meal, one hot meal a day because it wasn't, they have so to use the generators the mm-hmm. for four hours. So she, this girl comes oh. in and grandma, and she comes with fears of survival. What's gonna happen to us? Mm-hmm. And grandma tells them, that tells her the story, what happened in 1898 that we were invaded. Yeah. What happened in 1917 that we were forced the citizenship Mm-hmm. the American citizenship and yes. soon after our men went to World War I mm-hmm. so this is a fact these are facts they are they, there's footage yeah. there are pictures of the mm-hmm. confrontation of the invasion there are pictures of everything yeah. out right. every single person in Puerto Rico their family member they have at least one family member not probably two that went to Korean War, World War One, World War Two, yeah. Vietnam, yeah, Desert Storm. Most yeah. of my family, Puerto Ricans, contributed to helping. We were in the front of the yeah. lines. Exactly. Yeah, we were the first one in the front lines of the yes. wars. Yes, and then the mm. main character that doesn't speak anything because there is a portrait. Grandfather, mm. grandfather, yeah. is in the in the background. And he won a, a Purple Heart, and he was from the Borinqueneers, one of the first mm. platoons that were, they were all Puerto Ricans. Mm-hmm. So all that is embedded in within the film, showcasing that everybody, you know, if you are a Puerto Rican, somebody in your family went to war. Yeah. Someone went to war. So you see, grandma is explaining all this history based on that. And then the little girl, she, and then they're talking about also mix within that history is our being Taino. Mm. And gra- the little girl asks, oh, 
grandma, but they're extinct. Mm. No, we are not. Right. We are still here. We are alive. And that's another. Yes. Grandma started teaching the little girl also some uh, a prayer, a Taino prayer. That happens to be the same Taino prayer I learned around, around oh, 12 years old wow. in a summer camp in Guajataca as a Girl Scout in Puerto Rico. I used exactly the same prayer. And the person who did the prayer, I met him and he gave me permission to use the prayer. And I all these things, all these connections, I never have done it if it weren't, if it weren't for Heather yeah. that mm-hmm. challenged me saying, can you make a film about our Taino ancestry uh, or Taino history and culture? Without her putting that into my brain, mm-hmm. I didn't know that the next three or four months was going to be so crucial in discovering who I was. Yeah. So crucial in knowing how my people have suffered. So mm-hmm. it's been a whole, it's going to be a year of, Mm. Maria marked the year that I uh, that I opened my eyes to was ha- what was happened to my family. Yeah. And, and family meaning the whole island, not yeah. only only my my blood family. Yeah. Well, so another piece of this was that you said that not only uh, did it did it make you feel this need to share this story, but also the fact that you've been seeing other Boricuas in the diaspora doing the same things. They're trying to share their stories. Thinking of Edgardo Miranda, wow. Kenya, Chris with his Palante video. So, can you tell talk to people a little bit about how wow. that feels to see how you're all connected? <laughs> it's interesting because she met Christian Mercado, a brother of mine, and the way I met him was okay. Maria happened last year. Three years ago, I went to France at a festival in Annecy Film Festival. Uh, I was there and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm the only Puerto Rican here. <laughs> and then I told, I was, every time I present myself, I said, I'm Alba Garcia, I'm from Puerto Rico. I don't know why I do that when I go to Germany or whatever. My name is Alba Garcia, I'm from Puerto Rico. It's like, I'm branding myself. <laughs> and then this guy, I don't know if he was from Nigeria. I don't know. He was another artist. And he said, oh my gosh, but we know another Puerto Rican. His name is Christian Christian. And I'm like, oh, what? And then when I see him, when he say, Wepa, I was like, I ran and I hugged him oh, like I knew him. See. And it, that's how I, I met Christian. Mm. Then... Um, Fast forwarding to after Maria, I, I, I tell Christian, Christian, I'm writing a, a film a, a film about Puerto Rico and blah, blah, and he releases Palante. Mm. And I started crying. Mm. And then I, I was, at one point I was, I was, I was unsure on how I want to move forward for in a specific uh, part of the script. Mm. And then I remember Palante and grandmother says to, him, to the granddaughter, we need to move Palante. Mm. But that was because Chris inspired me with that Palante yes. film. And that's another thing that we are interconnecting. Yeah. Then little by little, I th- I think it was Chris, was it Chris that he was uh, showing Edgar Medina the Borinquena in one of the Facebook things. And I started looking yeah. and all of a sudden I was doing the Indiegogo for my film and I, Edgar donated for my film. And I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> so I come and start talking to him via Facebook, and I, I said, hey, where I can get your, your comic? And I order it, mm. and that's how... And then yesterday, I saw Edgar for the first time at a oh. Taino gathering yeah. at the Smithsonian Symposium. Yes. I saw him, I ran to him, and I hugged him. I almost, we almost fell into the floor. Because, <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah. We are brothers yeah. and sisters. And he's, when I read The Boat in Kenya, mm-hmm. it, ha, it, it has such a similarity in the way that we're looking like we are trying to, to be superheroes and help Puerto Rico. Right, so absolutely. we do it through comic or we do it through film or we yeah. do it through, through musical, uh, music videos. Yeah. And, and that's the way we're doing it. We're do, using art yeah. to, for people to understand what's happening in the island because they need, their people are visual. Yes. They need to see this. Right. And so we are using funny. art to do that. If you go 1937 and you think how mm. a person like Hitler... Right. Went that far. Why? Mm-hmm. Propaganda. See. Because of he he knew art. Right. Filmmaking was powerful. Right. So you know what? I was thinking, well, what? Well, we, well, I'm a filmmaker. This is the best I can way. use this as a voice. Yes. To to showcase this is our history. Mm-hmm. We have to learn from this. I love that. And that's oh, so important. You. And, and you said something about this um, this book. Can you tell people? Because I think you said this is an important thing that people should know about this book, War. Oh, well, the book, uh, the, there's a book that was done by uh, Nelson Dennis from 2000. I think it was released in 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And it won the best 25 books, uh, the, the top, best, the, the top te- uh, 25 from Puerto, in Puerto Rico. Wow. And that is very big news because yeah. that means the Puerto Rican people want to know what happened. Their history. It's called War Against All Puerto Ricans. Yes. Do you have any other recommendations in terms of, you know, all of us are trying mm. to search for more. Where, where do you think we could find I that? think for the curious mind, that mm-hmm. book is the, the, the starting point. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I'm actually looking for other books. Yeah. Uh, but that, I mean, that book might not be perfect, but mm. is the... It has a lot of, um, it uses a lot of historic material, like people who at that time were, they had this, the 16 millimeter cameras and they, re, mm. they actually recorded that. That's on YouTube. That's something that you can see what yeah. happened in Ponce, um, what happened in Hayuya, sí. what happened in, in Rio Piedras at sí. the University of Puerto Rico. So basically that book is, is good starting point. to s- to start, mm. and the next best thing is to go to Puerto Rico and talk to the people yeah. that's, that, that happened to be mm. their grandfather, our grandfathers, know the history, they, they yeah. were there. Exactly. So interview I love that. your family, the mm. real history Yes. Mm. That, that they bled and that they felt, that is mm. where you have to go, to your roots. That's such an important message, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Alba. Is, I, I always ask this. Is there anything that you, uh, anything else you want to say that maybe we didn't cover? Anything that's really important to say or to cover in the... Oh, it, it's just, it just it saddens me, you know, to mm. see our children not knowing the, their, their culture. Right. And yeah. I want every parent to, to, there's a book called The Primary, it's, it's called uh, Taino Borikenaiki mm. um, book. And is a restoration of the Taino language. Wow. 
In Puerto Rico, there's uh, 22 schools called the Nahuaque schools, which means uh, abundant land. Mm. And these schools teach, it's a re regular school, uh, math and, and Spanish and English and stuff, but they also teach the Taino language. That's beautiful. And this yeah. book you can get it in Amazon, and it's, a, uh, it's trying to restore the Taino language so we can still start to learn and speak it again. Right. And this school's been this school's been there for thirteen years, and children are speaking Taino again. That. And I know Kelleher, mm. the Department of Education person now, wants to change mm. the the language. She wants to teach Mandarin or Chinese in schools in Puerto Rico. Why Chinese and Mandarin, and why not teaching the Taino? Right. Language. I mean, there's nothing wrong with introducing an extra no. language, but what's wrong is that you want to ignore or suppress the culture that's already there. So with everything that's happening in Puerto Rico, can you tell, what gives you hope? What gives you hope? Artists like Christian, like mm. Eduardo, yeah. uh, even if we have a resurgence of Verdeluz, Verdeluz is the second national anthem in Puerto Rico, oh. and it was done by Antonio Cabambale. El Topo, and he recreated it. And Verde Luz is such a lovely, the lyrics mm. is about our, our who we are as Puerto Ricans, and that. how we should be proud of who we are and our roots. And mm. it just it just pains me that, mm -hmm. but it, it had to take a hurricane mm -hmm. and the loss of life that we had right. Right. to, to to find who we are and to start to move forward in a different way yeah. because at this point there is no doubt that we need to really reunite and plan yeah. our future in a better way that's but our children need to be part of that process yeah that's so true wow gracias mm -hmm. alba gracias this has been an amazing <laughs> interview i can't wait to share it <laughs>